0: Personal coach and trusted attorney, Andrew Lee, who will help you get started in building your real estate empire, grow your self confidence, find your grit, and get the skills needed to dominate the real estate world. This is Real Estate Investing with Andrew Lee. Coronavirus quarantines just never end. It's just, it keeps extending and extending. And I I, I was reading that it might be another year or something like that. And I saw the governor extended till April 15th already the essential service orders, where if you're a non essential employee, you really have to work remotely, which has been a real predicament throughout the entire real estate law profession, because it doesn't say law or attorney or anything is essential. And these closings, a lot of times need to be essential. So what I've done is I brought Steven Ciliato, who runs the closing transaction department at LIBA Law, my law firm, and I've brought him on. He's on the line with us right now. And I just got some questions because he's he has, I think, nine closings this week. And I want to understand how he's doing this and doing it legally because you want your lawyer to do legal things. How are you doing, Steve?
1: Not bad, not bad. How are you guys doing this weekend?
0: Uh, you know, I, I, I've had an emotional roller coaster. I, I gotta tell you, I've been eating my feelings. I don't know if you've done that. I had sirloin <laughs> steak last night. Tonight I'm going to have some fillets. I just, I just, I feel like you don't have to worry about your cholesterol. You know how they always say, if you eat someone else's meal, it's not your points in weight watchers. <laughs> I feel like when you're eating in a quarantine, you don't get fat. So, and by the way, you know, we have winter weight. Why can't we have an extended winter weight if we're not going <laughs> to bikini season anyway? So I'm... I
1: can I'll tell you, I, I'm going to have to let a few pants out uh, in the next couple of weeks because uh, all we do is eat.
0: I've been wearing sweatpants every day. It's like my new my new, um, <laughs> moo-moo. And it's really been a great experience. Uh, sexy's back. So anyway, what I was just talking about, Steve, is that they have this New York State on pause executive order. And that started some time ago. And then what happened is it said essential employees and spe- essential services were the only people allowed to work. And then we didn't no one knew what that meant. And What happened is the governor has the Empire State Development, and they put out guidance, the guidance on Executive Order 202.6. And if you were to check that out, you could read this guidance if you just went to esd.ny.gov forward slash guidance dash executive dash order dash two o six. you could probably just google it and find it as well but it's the guidance for determining whether a business or enterprise is subject to a workforce reduction under recent executive orders and when i'm reading that thing it doesn't say attorney it doesn't say lawyer which i think is like nuts but it doesn't say this stuff and what i'm wondering is how are you still doing closings how does that work like have you done remote closings what's that about
1: so, great question. You know, I had a very similar concern when the guidance was issued. So what we did was we instantaneously applied to the Empire State Development to be deemed an essential service so we could continue to operate.
0: Stop there for a second. That well, I want you to be happy, but I first want to understand what you're talking about. You said you applied to be an essential service. Is that like a paper application? Like, how do you do that? Do you call them? Like, what are we talking about?
1: So very simply, you can jump right on the Empire State Development's website, The make the application. It's a very simple application. A couple of questions, no fee. You submit it electronically right online, and uh, we got heard back in about a week, week and a half from the state. Now be excited. Tell me what you're excited about. <laughs> so I'm excited because the leave law was officially deemed essential under uh, the request we submitted. So we're able to continue to handle closings, handle will sign-ins, and just continue on in the legal practice.
0: So when you say handle closings, though, are we talking in-person closings?
1: So under the... Uh, what we received, yes. We can do in-person close-ins to the extent those people are needed and essential to facilitate and complete the transaction. Now, just because we're able to, we still try and push remote closings. Closings with as little people as possible, obviously to help curtail and flatten the curve. So we're doing everything we can, but unfortunately there are times where you might need an in-person closing or a sit-down closing. So we're able to handle both uh, Types of closings.
0: Well, let's start off. I'm going to ask you two different questions. So I want you to just separate them. First, I want to know what a remote closing is. And I'm going to ask you that. But then I'm going to also want to know when we're going to need to do an in-person closing. So first, tell me, what does a remote closing entail? What am I like? If I'm a buyer, I'm a seller, I'm a lender, what am I getting with a remote closing? What's that about?
1: So remote closings are simply documents are executed, exchanged in advance, wires are initiated in advance, and there's just procedures and policies and why the overview of those are very similar deal to deal. The details of those change depending on the parties involved. But basically in essence it allows everyone to sign original documents, exchange original documents, exchange funds, and complete a whole set of documents in the end and have a close in just as you had a, if uh, just as you had an in-person sit-down closing.
0: So when you say, just so we're clear, documents are signed in advance. Are we talking about using like a DocuSign electronic signature? Are we talking about sending things back and forth through the post office? What, what am I getting? What I want to sell a house, buy a house. What should I expect?
1: So in light of all this, the governor did put in place procedures for remote notarization. The issue that we're facing in the practice is that lenders and title underwriters will not allow the closings to occur with those remote notarizations, um, you know, as they feel that the executive order doesn't comply with all other applicable laws. So it's great the order's in place, but unfortunately, we still have to continue on with original documents.
0: So when you say uh, title underwriter, basically, you can't close without getting title insurance if you're getting a loan, and you're an idiot if you close, even if you're not getting a loan without title insurance, right? Right.
1: Oh, yeah, 100%. The bank's not going to let you close if they don't have a title insurance policy. And quite frankly, I would never let one of my clients close without a title insurance policy. That's your protection. You'd be waiving the biggest protection you have in your real estate transaction, and it simply would just be a very big mistake.
0: Just real quick, what does it protect you for?
1: So title insurance protects you from a few things. First and foremost, that you are the true record owner of the house on the date of the closing. And it also protects you that you take the property free and clear of judgments, liens, mortgages, any encumbrances, as they call them, anything that would affect title, except for your mortgage, but it's your mortgage, so that's okay. Additionally, depending on how you handle the transaction with a survey or not, you will have protections for the boundary lines of your property.
0: So when you say that, they, that you need this insurance, you're not joking, like you're not closing if the title insurance company says you're not closing.
1: I could tell you I would not personally, nor let any person in my own family close without title insurance.
0: And what you're saying is that the way the governor did this executive order, while it's really good about the notarizations, it's still problematic as well as the electronic signature law because there's carve-outs and exceptions. And what we really need in New York State is a really clear, concise, solid law that says both electronic signatures and electronic notarizations are admissible. Are filable when you're dealing with the county clerk, that they're binding, that they're solid, that they're going to protect all these people. Is that what I'm getting from you?
1: 100%. And one of my hopes when things somewhat resume to normal is that, based upon what's transpired, maybe the legal community can urge that and can put in uh, place procedures to help expedite closings in the future with electronic signatures and electronic donorizations.
0: So if you're someone that agrees with me, I need you to go email your congressperson, that's your New York State senator, your New York State assembly person, and tell them for the need for this, because we need this to be put in place. Moving on, though, I did promise you I had a second half of that question, Steve. And I said to you, I wanted to know what a remote closing was. And then I said, there's going to be times that we need to do it in person. And so you now have a right, uh, the way I'm understanding it, from the Empire State Development to go to an in-person closing when necessary. That's true, right?
1: So we do. So under the order that we received, we're able to handle in-person closings if needed uh, because it's essential in the actual transaction.
0: And just to understand, there are some major penalties if you do this and you're not permitted, meaning that in Executive Order 202.8, it says that you're violating the public health law, which would get you a fine of $2,000 per a violation. In executive law 202.11, it says you could be charged with a violation of law. You can get charged with a violation of the uniform code. It says you can be charged with a violation of local building code. It, the one that freaks me out the most is you could be removed by the police, given an appearance ticket, a notice of violation. They can give you a do not occupy order for the whole property. So playing with this and doing a closing when you're not allowed is no good.
1: So, no, it's uh, it's very scary. I mean, like you mentioned, the fines, the potential license issues, it's just not worth it. Um, You know, I know we have clients represented people want to close, and we want to advocate for them. But we have to keep in mind the safety of us, our clients, and do what we have to do to get everyone through these times.
0: And this doesn't just apply to lawyers. So if you're any person that's deemed non-essential, and again, it's extended till April 15th now, and I'm guessing it's going to be extended after that, and you want to do your business in person because you think it's a necessity, you should listen to Stephen Ciliato and tell him how to apply. You just go to, what is it, Steve?
1: You can go to the Empire State Development's website. It's esd.ny.gov forward slash COVID dash 19 dash help. But again, you can just very simple Google uh, Empire State Development website and and everything's right there.
0: And it's just a simple application. It's free. And that's the best way to do things. So now let's assume you got this order, which I'm not just assuming I heard you did. I'm thrilled about it. I was actually doing backflips around the office today when I'm hearing this stuff. But you get the order that you're allowed to go in person. But for people that don't know Steve, he's really a family man. And Beyond being a ruthless closer that will do anything to make a deal happen, his kids come first. He puts pictures on the Facebook all the time. He's a good guy. And you're not bringing COVID to your house. So what are you doing to protect yourself and your clients when you do an in-person closing?
1: We're all trying to put procedures in place. And it depends on where we're closing and what their accommodations are. So, offices that have multiple conference rooms, what we're doing is we're sticking buyers and sellers in different rooms. People are wearing masks and gloves. Obviously, there's no greetings other than a, a little head nod. Um, we're doing everything we can to separate all the parties from each other when needed. Now, If there is only one conference room, what we've done is we've had one of the clients maybe stay in the parking lot and sign documents in a car, and someone else runs those documents in. So we're doing everything we can to keep people separate as best as possible, but it all depends on where we're closing and what accommodations they have.
0: You heard it here first. You got to get the order to be an essential service provider if you're going to be doing in-person work. And then even when you're doing it, protect everyone because COVID is serious. Thanks, Steve. Have you ever dreamed of owning a rental property, flipping a home, opening a successful business? This is Real Estate Investing with Andrew Lee.